welcome to the Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith-related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church and theology, hopefully to empower you in your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and personal growth in Christ. Today, I want to talk about why holiness is essential for mission. I'm a missionary myself in Germany, and uh, I've seen this theme come back over and over again in the last several years. Uh, We see it sort of in the evangelical world right now that uh, holiness is not a huge value, especially for church leaders. A lot of church leaders have fallen in ministry. I want to talk to you today about why, especially from a biblical perspective, why holiness is essential for mission and for those engaged in gospel ministry. Holiness is essential for mission. What I mean by that is that if you as a Christian want to live a life on mission for God, if you want to be on mission with God in this world, making disciples, making him known, then you must live a holy life. The Bible's pretty clear about this, that Christians are meant to live holy lives. Let's have a look at a few scriptures. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians. Let me get there real quick. Little page fluttering. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says it this way. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Uh, Then I'm going to flip over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 24 through 30. It says this, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So this passage here gives us a list of of things we ought to do to live holy lives. Quit stealing. Don't use bad language. Don't use inappropriate uh, uh, language, uh, abusing other people. And the justification for that is that we were brought with a price. My next scripture is Colossians 3 verse 12. It says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here's another list of the way we ought to live holy lives. 
My next scripture is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. It says, Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a Christian brother in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. It's another uh, little sort of list of ways we ought to live holy lives, and it's talking about adultery and, and things like that. My next scripture I want to point out that talks about holiness and how we ought to live holy lives is Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says this, Work at living in peace with everyone, and work at living a holy life, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. The next scripture I want to point out in regards to living a holy life is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. It says this, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy, because I am holy. Now with that scripture, I'd like to make a caveat, and, and a bunch of those other scriptures, is uh, that we cannot be holy in our own effort. First of all, we are supplied righteousness in Christ positionally. We're positionally made righteous through faith in Christ. That is how we're actually made right with God. That is our justification. We are justified by faith in Christ alone. And we can't add anything to or take away anything from that. If we ever lived a holy life in Christ, it is out of the overflow, out of the, out of the grace and the thankfulness that we have toward him. So this is not a me trying to pull myself up by my bootstraps type of holiness. We are positionally holy, first of all, seen by God as positionally holy in Jesus Christ. And then out of that, we're sanctified. So uh, it's not a, uh, this is not us trying to be holy, to be sanctified, to be made right with God or anything like that. This is clearly the next step of sanctification, living a holy life before God, especially when we're on mission with God. It's rather obvious from these scriptures that if God asks us to live out a holy and blameless life, he has a great reason for it. He's using our example of holy living to give the world a picture of what Christ offers those who put their faith in him and repent from their sins. We're the picture. Uh, we might be the only Christ that people see. So when we fail to live a life of consistent victory over sin and holiness, we forfeit the right to be a faithful witness in the world as we live on mission. I'll give you an example. Philippians 2, verse 14 to 15 explains it this way. Do all things without grumbling or complaining, that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and depraved or twisted generation, in which you shine like stars in the world. The implication is that if we live a holy lives, we'll shine like stars in the universe. 
and that if we do not live holy lives, we'll forfeit the right to shine like stars in the universe. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to forfeit the right to be a witness and testimony to Jesus Christ. Just imagine with me, if you would, what would or could happen if everyone in the Western church for one whole year decided that they would live a holy life. Think about this with me for a minute. If the whole Western church for one year decided to stop looking at pornography, what if the whole Western church for one year stopped smoking weed or gave up premarital sex or stopped committing adultery, paid their taxes and didn't cheat anybody of anything in business or in in their financial dealings? Stop cussing. Think about if, if the church stopped cussing and using profanity, words that actually are really, truly unfit for Christians to use. Um, stop loving violence or being violent themselves. Um, and maybe even uh, took up some holy practices. Think about if, if we as a church fostered or adopted children for, for one year or, or decided that that was going to be our lifestyle? What if instead of using profanity, we used beautiful words like Philippians 4 verse 8 says, uh, think about things that are holy and pure and righteous and of good reputation instead of using profanity. Uh, what if we, instead of, like I said, cheating people, we, we gave people advantages. We helped in business instead of looking for the advantage in every business transaction, but, but looking for the good of others. What if we did this? What do you think might happen if the church did that for one whole year, committed itself to holiness and, and lived holy for one whole year, not just lived holy, but lived righteously and took on righteous attitudes and actions for one whole year. Not just what if the church uh, didn't do unrighteous things, but what if the church took on the opposite actions, the righteous and the holy actions for one whole year? What would mission look like if we did that? What would the missionary look like if the missionary happened to live a holy and, and wholesome life before the people they're trying to serve and reach. The church would look completely different, at least for one year. Um, and it would look different because we would stand out. We would have something that would be sort of a calling card. Um, for the most part, we don't look different than the world. We would actually be transformed from within because of how we are transformed inside the church. We can't be missional without this inward transformation first. If we try to be missional without a holiness transformation first, then we have no real credibility. Holiness is essential for mission. So if we practice one of these things on a regular basis, if you're smoking weed, please don't be missional first. Be holy first and then be missional. If you're practicing one of these, if you're, if you're using profanity consistently, please don't be missional. Give up profanity first, then be missional. Otherwise, just stay home and don't let anyone know you're a Christian. If you're sleeping around, if you're smoking weed, if you're doing all these things, then please don't tell anyone you're a Christian. You're hurting us more than you're helping us. 
We follow Jesus, but as he who called you is holy, you also should be holy in all you do. Just imagine with me for a minute, if you would, if the church being a holy missional force in the world, if we were holy, we could bring the kingdom of God and his gospel to a hurting and dying world. The world needs this type of holy transformational mission, not just mission to do good things. We need good words and good works, good words in one hand and good works in the other and good lives to be effective for such a good master. Again, I want to reiterate that living a holy life is not that we trying to please God, but the scandal of grace is that he died to make you and me holy. He did that positionally. We are positionally righteous in Jesus Christ. And by his grace, we can live holy. We can be holy and we can become more and more holy every day. I hope this podcast blessed you today as you seek to know Christ and to make him known every day. Thanks for listening to the Churchpreneurs Podcast. You can find out more information at my website, richardpmore.net. And I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast, please reach out to me on one of those platforms. God bless you until next time.